Welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. I'm Mike Shera, one of your friends. <laughs> anyway, no, this is Mike Shera, and I'm here with Connor Hass, and we uh, are going to tackle something that's really, really uncomfortable, and we want to do so in a very respectful way, but a very biblical way, and uh, this is about understanding LGBTQ. Plus. Plus. And just to just to set some context, uh, I am 59 years old. Connor is 25 years old. I had to think about that for a second. So when I was growing up, and especially even when I was in college in the 1980s, early 80s, 1980 was when I started college, we didn't have these letters. Okay, someone might be gay or lesbian, and that's all we we were working with. So LGBTQ plus. What I want to do is ask the question, and an honest question, okay, and maybe expose the fact that we don't understand this completely. When when you look at the letters, and you go, okay, L, what does it stand for? You're asking? Mm-hmm. A lesbian. What does G stand for? Gay. B? Bisexual. T? Transgender. Q? Queer. Okay. What? What does each one mean? For, for a Christian to be able to navigate this, and the, the reason I'm asking this question is because someone asked me this question yesterday and said, could you please put this on the podcast and ask the question, how do you understand what queer is hmm. in light of the other letters? Hmm. And they, they honestly did not know. And I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm a little embarrassed to tell you this, but I honestly do not know. Hmm. And I'm hoping that you know. Okay. So what we want to do, so we want to get to the cue, but I want to, I want to know what is each one of those. Yeah. And then how does the Bible speak to it? Hmm. Yeah. Helpful question. Okay. Do you want me to try to run through the first yes, four? Or, yes. Okay. Yeah. So I would say, um, obviously, you know, if anyone has made it this far, there's some discretion involved here in terms of who's listening right now. So just mm-hmm. that's worth saying, but yeah. So starting with the L lesbian, that is, you're talking about a woman who is attracted to another woman. And maybe the language now would be, I identify as that. And that's, you're saying, I choose that uh, sexual preference okay. as how I'm going to live and express myself and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, gay. Now we're just talking about a man who says, I'm attracted to other men. Okay. Um, can, can a woman use that phrase for herself? Uh, yeah. My understanding, and you can I jump in on this. I think I've seen that. Right. Used. I think that you, yeah, I, th- I think you could say that uh, a woman is gay, but I think that, and I, you, you can uh, tell by my haltering voice here that I'm wanting to right. just, I, I would, I'd love it if on this podcast we could talk in a way where anybody in that community could listen and say that we've represented them right. accurately. We're right? trying to be so, respectful. We are not trying to mock or make fun of anyone. We really want to understand this so that we can navigate it in a biblical way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. What about B? Yeah, so a bisexual would be somebody saying, man or woman, that I am attracted to both men and women, mm-hmm. that I have that sexual attraction to yeah, both genders, and that's how I'm identifying myself, that's how I'm going to live. That person might be, let's say it's a man, might be in a relationship with a woman, and then they might, you know, in six months, now they're in a relationship with a man. That's okay. the idea there. Okay, T. Yeah, so transgender, 
This is talking about now, instead of sexual orientation, which would be the, the kind of person, you know, in terms of gender that I'm attracted to, this is dealing with the person's own gender. So we're talking about a man who says, I uh, identify as a woman. Mm-hmm. And that would be a, I believe the, the terminology is that that person would be a, in society now, they would just be called a, a woman, And we're talking about a biological man here. Mm -hmm. And I think that trans woman might be an appropriate way of expressing that. Um, But that's so. So the first three have to deal with kind of the direction of your orientation in terms of sexual attraction. And then transgender has to deal with has to do with saying, hey, I was, you know, born with a certain biological gender, but I identify now as the other. Okay. Yeah. So I I would have been able to say all those definitions of LGBT. I would have been able to do that as well. Now we get to Q and this is where I was stumped yesterday and I admitted it. I told my friend, I don't know what that means. Yes. I've done a little bit of research since yesterday. Okay. But I want to ask you the question. So what, what's Q? Yeah. So I just, I just typed this in on my phone because I wanted to make sure I'm not totally off base here, but this is, this is what I would say. And I think this is supported by what I'm seeing here. Queer, is a umbrella term, kind of a, a catch-all, if you want to say that, for anybody who says that they are either not heterosexual mm-hmm. or that they're not what you could call cisgender. And if you've right. never heard that term before, it means that somebody who is saying, my gender is the gender of my birth or my mm-hmm. biological gender. Um, so that's what I say. Yeah, queer after those first four is this catch-all for... I fall outside of the bounds of a cisgender yes. person, meaning I am a, I was born a man biologically and I identify as a man still mm-hmm. and then heterosexual. So I'm a man and attracted to women. If you're anywhere outside of that, mm-hmm. then you could say, you could say identify as queer. Right. And that's just putting yourself in this, in this camp of somebody okay. who's not, uh, yeah, that's cisgender, what, heterosexual. Same thing I found out. So lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, can all identify with the word queer. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Okay. With that, for believers, for Christians, and I realize this is where we're going to now, if, if we were wading in, let's say, to the ocean, and then you have a steep drop-off, and mm-hmm. we're, you know, get people get uh, outside their comfort level, and they're having to tread water, because Christians are going to have drastically different views I'm going to frame this. I'm going to, I'm going to fence it this way for a Bible believing. And what I mean by that is someone who truly takes the word of God as, as preeminent for the believer. Okay. In Christ, uh, that we, uh, we believe it is inspired, inerrant, infallible. Yep. It means exactly what it says. And in, we take it in context. So a, her, a, a grammatical, historical, uh, you know, her- hermeneutic, right. That literally literal, Literal hermeneutic. Right. How does a Christian relate to LGBTQ? As concepts and then as as, as, as relation. Right. Okay. But let's yeah. take it first theologically. What's the accurate way to say, here's the response of a Christian towards these things? Yep. Okay. Okay. So, and I'll, Mike, I want you to jump in too. Um, I would say as the concept goes, and this is just, we're going straight from the Bible here, I hope Mm -hmm. far and away, I think the most important thing to stress is that all of this 
falls into the camp of talking about what is the intent of human sexuality, and that is, in God's design, the marriage relationship, which is supposed to, in its differences, man and woman, different people, mm-hmm. say something about God. We're made in his image as gendered people. He could have just made, you know, he could have made Adam like a, um, uh, what do you call it? One of those little cells that just replicates itself. You know, he cuts a finger off and a new Adam grows and you go from there. But he didn't. He made man and woman. And, and when you get the image of God passages in Genesis 1 and then and then 2, it's this real emphasis placed on he made them in his image, man and woman, male and female. He created them in his image. And you have this relationship established marriage, which in its differences, both men and women uh, having an opportunity to put on display for the world and represent the glory of God as image bearers. And then when you get to the New Testament, you see that that image serves this really crucial function. I shouldn't say the image, but the difference, men and women, serves this crucial function of creating a picture of Christ in the church. And the difference is what highlights, here you have Christ represented by the man in a marriage and loving with all his heart his church, represented by the bride in a marriage. And so I would say that I get saddened sometimes when the conversation descends into just conversations about a few verses that specifically Mm -hmm. mention homosexuality. Yes, homosexuality is condemned as a sin in different Mm -hmm. places in Scripture, both in the Old and New Testament. But far more important than that is the positive expression of God's design for marriage. Mm -hmm. And I think believers who believe the Bible would say that our culture has, yeah, ran far away from that, you know, which shouldn't surprise us with Romans 1. So how would you how would you speak to that, Mike? Uh, similarly to what you said, I, I would say too that the root at the root of sin is is a is a, a repudiation of God and his reign, his his lordship. The lordship of Christ is is over all and God is sovereign. And often it descends into, well, what's a sin or not? And so people will be saying, Well, this is not a sin, and I can be a Christian and and be LGBTQ and all of that. Interestingly, um, there's not a lot of other sins that people will say, I can do this and this with impunity and be celebrated and be condoned. I would never say that anyone should condemn anyone for the choices they make. I would say that often, though, our, our choices do condemn us and that uh, in Christ there is no condemnation for, for the believer. Amen. And that... That means that there's no condemnation for the sin because the sin is covered and forgiven in the blood of Christ, by the blood of Christ. Therefore, that means that the Christian is actively resisting sin and repenting and wanting to acknowledge the lordship of Christ over every sphere of their life. What that means then for the Bible-believing Christian who's going to take the Bible accurately is that you're not going to condemn people for identifying as LGBTQ+, plus, but you're going to point them, you would want to point them. A lot of times we don't have an interaction with someone, but let's say we have an opportunity, we have an interaction, and we're even asked, what's our opinion? Or we're, we're thrown into a situation where it's all coming out in this regard, and it's like, okay, we need to answer. It would be, this is not an appropriate lifestyle, and yet... We want to honor Christ and, and, and you are made in the image of God. And God has so much more for you than what you're focused on right now. Mm-hmm. Like, because we're so focused on ourselves. Right. And I think all, all choices to sin focus ourselves inwardly mm. on ourselves and we mm-hmm. cave in on ourselves. And there are lots and lots of sins. 
And we're not trying to camp out on this and pick on this. It just so happens that this is something in our in our time that we're living has become very prominent to be for people to say you must go with this as a valid, you know, moral, great kind of lifestyle. Hmm. And the Christian then is faced with do I do I kind of save face relationally and not say anything, or do I bring up what hmm. what the truth is? And I find that in a, a kind, loving, accepting relationship with someone, telling the truth is always the most loving thing mm-hmm. to do. It doesn't have to be mean-spirited. It doesn't have to be even accepted. But to be able to tell the truth, and I think that's where many Christians find themselves in a quandary. Right. And I think, you know, for anybody out there who's maybe you have a family member, coworker, whoever it might be who you're thinking, you know, that they're in the... They identify as somewhere in that LGBTQ camp and you just wonder, how do I approach this? Well, yes, we do tell the truth in love when the moment demands it or when mm-hmm. it's appropriate, but it's not always our leading punch, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I don't even want to use the word punch, but right. it's right. not always something that has to be led with, you know, and I think that sometimes yeah. believers have probably maybe in a way hurt their witness by being a little bit too quick to say, I want to be faithful to God. So yes. I'm just going to launch into this conversation if I'm having a conversation with somebody who's an unbeliever, the main thing I want to bring to them is the gospel, you right. know, which is, which is deals with people as sinners, right. you know, not irrespective of category. So I think I, that's important. Very important point you just made, because for example, I, people have eyes and ears and they see things. You don't have to say something about everything you see. Okay. But if, if the opportunity comes and someone says something, I've rarely had conversations about this topic with anybody outside of these kind of realms. Um, most people I know in those communities, I'm either just friends with them or you work with them in some capacity or you're acquainted with them in a social setting in some way. You, But I, I don't go and say, hey, by the way, I need to tell you something about right, your life. Exactly. Yes. No, yes. like you ask about their family, you ask about their work, uh, you even could ask about their faith. But I don't think I've ever got up and said, by the way, you're wrong. Right. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. But I have been faced with straight up point blank between the eyes questions. Yep. I'm guessing you don't agree with this or what do you think about this? Now that's the time. There's a foot in there. It's not someone I just saw and I've never met before. Right. Someone, you know, and so, so yeah, I think Christians can be, can't be afraid to speak the truth, but they can't be out looking for battles to wage. Right. And I would, you know, so just to to that point, I would say that the way that that conversation can end well is if there's a mountain of love behind it where where we as believers have just been, you know, showing just as normal people living our lives Mm -hmm. that we love, you know, all people and then irrespective of this. And and Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of a situation I won't share really in any detail, but in my own family, there's, there's, um, yeah, a situation where one of my older relatives is in Christ a believer, but just really, you know, probably has not maybe done the best job of loving somebody else in my family who identifies as LGBTQ. And mm-hmm. it's just hard because I think of for that person who ought to be receiving love from Christ's body, they just feel judgment, hostility. So right. we don't want to be those kind of believers. And I even just, this may be in part why this uh, conversation topic came up for the podcast. I just had 
a, a wonderful conversation on Saturday with a guy who I just met at a kind of a family gathering. This guy's not in my family at all, but mm-hmm. uh, said to me pretty early in the conversation, I said something like, I'm, I believe the Bible. And he said, well, I identify as queer, but he's a super nice guy. Mm-hmm. We had a great conversation that that topic didn't even come up, come up again. Right. But we were kind of trading, you know, worldview lenses for like two hours, just talking about life. And yeah. I was sharing, you know, just about how as a believer I see the world and where Christ is and all of that. And, um, it was an amazing conversation. So I think sometimes we're almost scared because it just feels, oh, I don't know how that's going to go. And then you end up actually in a conversation, you realize just like any other person, these people are often the most, just wonderful to right. talk to. So, Well, I think that's a great place to end this. I think be very careful with people because they're made in the image of God. They deserve respect and honor and kindness. And, and be very careful, Christians, how you speak. And how you come across uh, because the onus really is on us we are bringing the Word of God to a culture that is dark in many many ways gluttony and gossip and and all sorts of things as well as in the sexual realm Mm. and so we need to uh, love the Lord Jesus supremely and then love our neighbor as ourselves amen So thanks for joining us today. I hope this was helpful in some way to you as listeners. We love you. We're praying for you. And we'll see you next time on the podcast.